if you don't do a residency, you'll never be able to make it as a clinical pharmacist is one of the biggest statements you hear in pharmacy school and after you graduate. Is it true though? I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day. Guys, I'm super stoked to have a pharmacist on the podcast who uh, I've become really good friends with. I actually met him back when I did the Fit Pharmacist Friday series that's still going to this day. Five years ago, we've stayed in contact on social media. And because he's taken the principles of a personal brand and put those into practice consistently, he has totally shaped his career, blowing pretty much any other competition out of the water as the go-to expert in creating Core Consult RX. And guys, it is my honor, privilege, and I'm just freaking pumped for this, uh, to welcome back to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, Dr. Mike Corvino, founder of Core Consult RX. Welcome back, bro. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Great to be back again. I'm like, I'm like geek fanning right here, man. It's, it's been such a long time, but guys, I've known Mike for a while. We, we started back when, I guess, back when we first started our, Ocha, our own individual brands back in the day. And uh, as I said in my interview with uh, Rich Waith of RX Radio, Mike, me, and Rich, I call us the three musketeers of pharmacy because <laughs> we all got our little intricacies, but we just, we just do what we like and we go after it. But the thing that's so cool is these guys have both helped me tremendously in getting this podcast started and they've just been super supportive. So first off, man, I just want to say thank you for all the support that you've given over the years and continue to give because I wouldn't be here without you guys. So thank you. No, of course, man. And, and you know, it's right back at you too because, I mean, the first time like we ever talked, you know, and I wrote an article for the uh, your, blog, your uh, blog and all that. I mean, I think I had maybe 100 followers on Instagram at the time. Like I had j literally like just out of the gate and uh, you had already been established and stuff. So, I mean, you, you definitely springboarded me, you know, into getting any kind of an audience and stuff too. So, you know, I appreciate all the help you've given me along the way too. I can't help but you're on a badass, bro. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but. Well, as you guys are going to hear from this interview, this guy is literally one of the biggest badasses in pharmacy. So uh, I did a couple podcasts with Mike because he has such a fascinating career starting as a professional MMA fighter as a pharmacy student. That's right. Pharmacy school wasn't hard enough. Let's go pro fight professionally. True story. I'll link that podcast down below. Uh, he also has been the pharmacist preceptor of the year in his entire state of the Carolinas. Uh, is it two years in a row? Uh, it was three years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, y'all can tell he's just so humble, but it, seriously, three years in a row for an entire state preceptor of the year. So we did a podcast all about how to be a good preceptor, how to find a good mentor, and both of those are just truly fascinating deep dives. But what I really want to focus on in this interview is how he, like the genesis of that and how the focus of having a strong personal brand, really diving into this kind of alter ego of Core Consult RX has totally transformed his career. So Mike, can you just give us a little insight into, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip through some things. Pharmacy student, 
which was a phenomenal story. Again, you guys have to listen to that episode. It's freaking incredible. Pro MMA fighter decided to go all in on pharmacy, graduates pharmacy school, I think right off being a manager at uh, Walgreens, if I believe, if I remember correctly. So I floated for a couple months and then, yeah, the way it kind of worked out, I was able to get into a, a store fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, I floated for a couple months and then transitioned over. So guys, that's where his career kind of started. There's more to that backstory. And a lot of times there is a, a misbelief, a limiting belief really in pharmacy that if you go to retail, there's no going back. You can't go back and do a residency. You'll never be able to be clinical, blah, blah, blah. But Mike had a fascination for data, for clinical trials, and just the information that pharmacy entails. So that's kind of where I want to set the tone for where this guy, quote, started. Uh, there's a lot behind that, but this is kind of where I want him to share his story. So Mike, you're, you're a Walgreens pharmacist. You're just out of pharmacy school. You're managing a job. Tell us why you had this fascination. Like, where did Core Consult RX come from? How did that whole thing start from 100 followers to, I think it's what, over 25,000 right now on Instagram alone? Yeah, I think 20, 23, something like that. It'll be 25 before I stop talking, I promise. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, go ahead. Like, th this is just, uh, I'm just going to take notes. <laughs> so, so as far as like the interest in, you know, the clinical area of pharmacy that obviously happened during school and I was sort of transitioning like you were saying from doing the MMA stuff because originally when I was you know my first two years of pharmacy school I was way more heavily focused on the MMA side of things than actually learning my pharmacotherapy and so once I hit third year uh, halfway through or so I, that's when I really kind of had I realized I, just, I had to make a choice and when I went you know I was interested in the pharmacy side of things and but it wasn't just my main focus. So once I realized I had to make a choice and um, go all in on the pharmacy side, uh, just for the you know career longevity and all that, it was just one of those things that I'm, because I'm very competitive and whatnot, I just sort of transitioned that energy instead of being more on the athletic side over to the clinical side. So like I went and just tried as hard as I could to destroy this fake competition on rotations if you will um that was i was like competing against myself but in my mind it yeah. was you know worth competing for and that really is what started the interest because then it became like a game of like okay well how much can i learn about this you know area of medicine and uh it just the, i met some great people on the way obviously and, and mentors and things that you know are much much smarter than i am and they've kind of they kind of opened my eyes to going a lot deeper into the actual clinical thinking more so than just the superficial knowledge of pharmacotherapy, which I thought, you know, oh, I had memorized some guidelines. I know this, but then they started making me kind of dive deeper into the, the why behind all that. Um, you know, as far as, you know, why the guidelines say that, what does the data say? Does the patient sitting right in front of you apply to that data set? You know, what's, does it make sense from a physiology or biochemistry standpoint? And then I realized like, oh, I, like, oh, I don't know anything. I'm, way dumber than I thought. And so that's, and whenever there's like a big mountain to climb like that, that's what really, you know, gets me motivated. And so realizing that I was about to have a farm D and as, as most, you know, new grads realize, it's like, oh, I don't know as much as I thought I knew. Um, it just went really hard into making sure that every single day I was trying to increase my knowledge set somehow, way, shape or form. And really that's kind of how I started core console. It wasn't, I had zero intention of 
being like a brand or anything like that. And I'm actually, I mean, you've known me for a long time. I'm actually fairly against a lot of the, uh, like the big self-help and like the motivational yeah. stuff. I, I, I usually stay away from that cause I'm like, ah, it's, you know, whatever, I don't need that. Um, so it wasn't like I made the core consult to ever be any kind of a quote unquote brand or anything. I legitimately started off with the thought of no one's ever going to look at this, but if the six people that do look at it, you know, if I start it, I'm going to want to keep it going. Cause there's so many people you've seen this. I don't know how probably so many times because you've been doing it so long. See so many people, they start the Instagram page or the Twitter page, whatever they throw, they post four times. They're not is, you know, they don't have a million followers and they quit a month later because oh, and contrary to popularity, it's actually super hard to get people to care what you have to say. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It takes a ton of work and people think it's going to be like, awesome. You just get to get on private jets and, hang out. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's not how life works. And um, so it was, you know, I didn't want, I knew I wouldn't want to be in that group of like just starting and stopping it. And so it, it would force me to kind of keep learning, keep coming up with new ideas, finding holes that I didn't know in my, you know, in my knowledge set that I didn't know about to kind of fill those holes because I would have to make content for the page. And so it was almost like I built it as like a self like accountability type of thing yeah. more so than anything as far as trying to build a brand or anything like that. It was just because I didn't do the residency, uh, I knew that there's two options at that point. You know, one is I just, know what I know and that's that and I just do my whatever it is 15 or 20 hours of CE a year which is the biggest joke on the planet uh and then or I have to do it myself because no one's gonna tell me I you know go study this or go do that uh, you know I was licensed at that point so that's kind of what what led to it initially and then it's sort of evolved obviously from there yeah, man. And it's interesting because I think there's a part of your journey that people don't know about and that has to do with your weekends off, like when you were working in Walgreens and you were, you know, full-time community pharmacist, you're managing, you know, crushing that game. You started to dive in and that started to bleed into your work as a pharmacist because you tried to evolve and grow and learn. So I believe one of the things you were managing an MTM clinic, then you started your, your, your quote vacation time, your time off, that wasn't in Cabo. <laughs> that was in the classroom. So can you just kind of share, because I think this is the part that a lot of people don't realize or want to face when you see a brand, I know you don't call it a brand, but that's what it is. When you see an evolution yeah. in a career, let's call it, of progressing at such a consistent rate, you feel like, oh, they just know someone or, oh, they just got lucky. But guys, the work that's required to do this is why most people don't do it. So can you just kind of share what that looked like? So in this process, when you were still working community full-time, but the things that you were doing to grow your skill set and learn, can you kind of share what that looked like? Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of funny you bring that up because I actually, the, the, especially the vacation days, I kind of forgot about that to be totally honest with you. I remember. <laughs> I, was, one of my days, I think part of my brain is like suppressing that because I spent so much time, <laughs> so much time. But so basically, like you said, when in, as I started going through, you know, I took over as a pharmacy manager and I wanted to find new ways to kind of, you know, enhance my clinical knowledge, so to speak. Uh, and I, there's actually the first like podcast I was ever on with Richard Wade. Um, we, I found the clip of it the other day, actually, cause it was from 2017 and him and I are talking about me doing MTM because at the time that wasn't something and really a lot of, in a lot of places in the country, it's still not pushed in retail settings as, as hard as like vaccinations or something like that. 
but I was doing, I was really pushing that even though it wasn't something that was like part of my job description necessarily, because I looked at it as one, I'm, I'm doing a good job at my job, so to speak. I'm doing the right by the patients and all that, but also my benefit that I would get from it is that it would give me practice. Like if I'm just doing a CMR and like a, so a complete medication review and I had to go through the, you know, the disease state, like let's say diabetes with a patient over the, even if it was over the phone, it would, depending on whether the, what questions they asked or, you know, whatever, it would give me practice on doing that. Cause that's all rotations or all that stuff is, is obviously learning and things, but it's also practicing because you have to, go out and do it because it's a lot different than answering A, B, C, or D on a test versus a human being sitting in front of you that's somebody's grandma that you, you know, have a responsibility to, yeah. to make, you know, sure she's safe and all that. And so it was just something that I looked at as, okay, well, this is a good opportunity for me to practice. And then on the other side of it, as far as like wanting to find ways of continuing my education, you know, you can always enhance your own education by reading and looking through the material and journals and all that, which is great. But I do, there is some value to having someone who has done that and, you know, and, and spent years in clinical work and, and can kind of lead you in the right ways. And so I found uh, certain opportunities like, um, they call it bar and grill. Is, is I shout, shout out to uh, Dr. Wayne Wirt. Um, he's, he's the smartest human being I've ever met and uh, definitely one of my greatest mentors. But he has something called bar and grill where you basically, if you are on an ambulatory care rotation, you go to uh, this, it was like a four or five hour session. Usually two or three people would present a patient case and then he would grill you on why you thought that was a good recommendation. And then he would destroy you uh, <laughs> with your recommendations. And they call it bar and grill because it used to be at a bar because he's been retired for like, I want to say it's almost like 10 years now, except wow. he still goes five, it's five days a week to the school. And he's at such a high level that like, they just let him keep his office and stuff. <laughs> His wife told him that he was no longer allowed to take all the, all the students and pay for their meals and stuff at the bar. So he's like, well, we just cut, kept the name because he'd been doing it for like 45 years at the medical wow. university. And so he kept the name. He goes, this is just not as fun now. Now it's mostly just getting grilled. <laughs> but I, that, that for me, when I, was, when I went through that as a student, because it's one of those things that you know, everybody's scared to death of. And uh, once I went through it, I learned so much sitting there with him for like four hours that I realized the, like how valuable that is. I mean, people pay big money to hear him speak all over the country. And here he is that lives 10 minutes from my house and I can go talk to him for free. And so I just realized that, that plus all, there's several other, you know, like residency journal club, like there's a bunch of residents at MUSC, it's a fairly big teaching hospital. So there was journal clubs and topic reviews and all that. So I literally just found every single opportunity that I could to go to those types of things. I was going, I went to Bar and Grill um, twice a month. That's how often it's twice a month for three years straight. Um, I did uh, every like journal club type of thing, topic discussion. Literally, I'd be like this random dude sitting in the, the residency area where all these residents are like learning and sharing journal clubs. I'm just some dude that's not part of the residency sitting in the back. They probably thought I was a freaking weirdo. But, um, I, I was like, well, I mean, you guys said I could come. Like, you know, they're, 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 the residency people didn't care if I was there. And so I just sit in the back and then I throw my two cents and I started realizing, I was like, okay, I know some stuff. And, you know, it became such a habit that, you know, I had literally spent every, every second of my PTO for the first three years I was a pharmacist on only going to things like that. So I know because I had a schedule where I was off a couple of days during the week because I would work like 14 hour shifts 
And so I already had some days, but then there'd be things that would come up like bar and grill would happen. I didn't have, you know, it was one of those things where I, I was working that day. So I would use a PTO day, go to that way I could go to bar and grill. And then it just ended up by the end of the year, I had no more PTO left. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just take vacation next year. And then it, it went like that for three years. And it was one of those things where looking back, it was pretty rough. <laughs> and you know, there, I probably could have had a little bit more balance and quality of life or whatever, but I wouldn't change any of it now looking, you know, where I saw it kind of led. And I'm glad that I went through that and kind of went down that path because I, so, something that a pharmacist told me one time, uh, basically, I think I was, I had to be like two months out of, but before I was going to graduate. So it was almost the end. And a pharmacist told me that, um, and it was a retail pharmacist. And that's all I'll say. Um, basically said, and, you know, I, hope, I was, I was spouting off something I learned on rotation that day and told me, you know, enjoy this time. Cause this is the smartest you'll ever be as far as your clinical knowledge. Cause they knew I'd already signed on with Walgreens and stuff. And I still think about that to this day. Cause that's like the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like we're the only medical, you know, professional that could ever even remotely get away with saying that and it's one of those things that it just like almost like haunted me kind of thing because I was like determined no way I'm never going to be that so when I was spending all those those times doing PTO and all that I just kept thinking about you know what that person told me and I was like no not me Um, I can't do it like there's no way I'm gonna yeah I would rather be on a beach right now probably but I'm not I'm not gonna be that person and that's kind of one of those things that pushed me and like I said, now I'm very glad that I did the path that I did and, you know, spent that time because it was very valuable in the long run. So guys, you can't skip the work. And that's something that uh, me, Rich, and Mike just really believe and practice. And you probably see all the memes like hustle hard and, you know, no sleep, hashtag no sleep. Well, actually it's hashtag 10 to two. And that's yeah. something that Rich is real big into. I think both of you guys are super avid Gary V followers. But this, that's just something that we all just adapted to. And we all have our different lanes, but we have, it's the mindset. Like that's part of what is essential. It, you know, Instagram, social media, all that stuff, it, it gets a bad rap because unfortunately there's a lot of people that just repost stuff and, and they're not putting in the work behind the scenes. But that's what's required to get to a level that Mike has. So if you really want to script your brand and create this outstanding career, you have to eat some junk, like real talk. You've got to be go able and willing to go through this process because that is how you grow. You grow through what you go through. But so Mike, you're going through this for like three years. And then, and I, I want to make sure I don't skip anything. Then you got this opportunity with this PA school. So, mm-hmm. so you're doing a core consult, you're doc, basically documenting your journey using social media, not as like a, an ego boost, but as an accountability. Like I'm putting this out there. My name's behind it, personal brand. And if it's got to be right, like it's got to be high quality because you have a standard and most people would not understand that, but that's why you're succeeding because you set your standard so high and your name's behind that. So you're documenting your journey. You're sharing the content, you're growing. Then you get this opportunity at a PA school. So tell us about that. So it was one of those things that when I first had the opportunity kind of like brought up, it was the PA school. It was brand new. They were just starting. They were actually like probably a year and a half out from actually having their first class come through. And they had originally approached um, somebody that I knew, um, a, you know, a friend of mine through work and things like that, that 
if they knew anybody who would be interested and then they gave him my name. And at the time, I, I think I was like 28 at the time, 29 maybe. So I, especially not having done a residency, you know, I had zero on paper, zero reason to be teaching uh, pharmacology or pharmacotherapy for PA school. Um, it was something that was never on my radar. I never in a million years thought I'd be teaching. And it was something that they brought up to the PA school. The PA school kind of reached out and I was like, well, I mean, you know, and they said, would well, you want to come in for an interview? Well, I'm saying, I'm thinking in my mind, okay, as soon as I do that, they're going to realize I'm a kid and I have no business doing this. <laughs> um, and so I was like, but it'll be a good opportunity for me to kind of, you know, get the experience. I've never even thought about applying for anything academic. So maybe it'll just get to, to do the opportunity meet some cool people, whatever. So I almost did it kind of like, ah, you know, it's not going to go anywhere, but let's, I'm off this day. So who cares? And so I uh, went and they were talking one in the interview, they were talking about like finding innovative ways to educate and motivate students and things. And so they started bringing up core consult and asked kind of same thing. asking me why I started it and all that. And I told them, you know, I, I had a very hard time sitting in a classroom and I'm, you know, in a traditional looking at PowerPoints and things like I'm a very kinetic learner. And so I understand that if I'm like that, I know the next generation coming up is going to be like that too. And so I just kind of went to where they were. They were at the time Instagram was the hugest thing of all time. TikTok wasn't a thing yet, kids. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was like, well, that's where everybody is. So I'll go there and I'll try to educate on that platform. And they and then at the time I or at that point I sort of like I want to say maybe four or five months into, into having my podcast and everything. And so they liked that idea as well. And so they were like, well, we like that you're trying, you know, innovative ways. And, they, and so long story short, they basically were like, you want to, one, we'll pay you to develop the curriculum, the pharmacology curriculum. And then as long as we don't hate it, uh, we'll pay you to teach it that first year. And I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but okay, <laughs> sure. So I, I sort of just jumped into it and just to see what would happen. And I, again, I'm glad that I did because it's absolutely like my favorite thing that I do now is I love working at the PA school. I've, I've just finished up my third year teaching there now. And I feel like I'm finally starting to get mediocre at it. Um, and uh, got kind of a system down for how I keep all my content updated for the students. Cause it's obviously needs to be more of a lecture style than what I just throw up on Instagram at random. And um, yeah, I mean, it's something that is allowed me not only again to stay accountable to keeping up because now you're talking about other future professionals careers that I need to make sure that I'm giving them the right information or I'm setting them up for failure. So to me, that's like a massive responsibility. And, and at the same time, also I need to make sure that if I'm teaching every single disease state to them, that, I mean, I need to know what the heck I'm talking about for my own self too, because I'm not, how much was it teach for an hour and a half twice a week on every disease state? If I only know, you know, bits and pieces of it. And so it was another way of kind of like keeping me accountable and almost like forcing me to make sure, I don't care what you got going on. You're going to, you're going to learn today uh, because I didn't have a choice. Now I'm getting paid for it. Uh, I have all these people that I'm responsible for their education. And so that was, you know, it was one thing with core console and it was great. And I wanted to keep doing that, but now I have both sides of things, professional and, you know, on my own that it, it, there's like zero chance at that point to kind of start slacking. <laughs> And so I knew I would be, be a student forever at that point. Dude, I remember the day you texted me a photo of a syllabus or like the opportunity or contract or whatever. It was like a few years ago. And I was like, holy shit. Like, dude, 
this is badass. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, dude, yes. Like, this is awesome. But guys, so many lessons from what Mike said. And this is just like a snippet of this big story. So he created his own accountability. All right. You have to make yourself so that you can't get off the hook because all of us are going to have days where we're tired, we're exhausted. We have to go to a party, whatever, whatever it is. But if you hold yourself accountable, not to yourself, but put that in the hands of other people, that if you don't show up, others will fail. That is what it takes to put yourself in that way. And you can either do it like make believe, like when Mike was on rotations, beating the other guy or whatever, or you can put yourself literally in a position where you are in charge of other people's success, of their learning experience. And because Mike is such a man of integrity, he did that. And he, he holds himself to one of the highest standards I've ever seen, which is part of why he succeeds so well in so many areas of his life. So some lessons, guys. And the other thing that's huge is I say this all the time. You get rewarded in public what you practice in private. So Mike's been putting in this work, grinding all these ideas, Instagram, you know, his six people or whatever he said. But then he gets this opportunity and they ask him about what he's doing with his brand, Core Console RX. And he shares the ideas and they're like, holy crap. Then I remember, dude, when you started this, you started integrating Instagram into your classroom and asking questions. And I was like, this is, I've never seen this before. Like, this is freaking awesome. But seriously, how did the students react? Were they just like the standard, like y'all, y'all know when you go to class, you got people half paying attention, they're on their phones, they're taking notes. But in your classroom, tell us what the engagement was like with your students. So as far as like in the classroom setting, you know, I think it was, it's still, I don't want to act like they were all just like completely engaged hundred percent. Cause I mean, let's be serious. They, they, I was like, I was teaching at 11 o'clock. They had been at it since eight. I would have been checked out by eight fifteen. So I get it like with that. So I, with Instagram, I would just take posts and things like that, that I've made and, and use that because not everyone can, you know, they, everybody learns differently. So I'd have my PowerPoint slides and I'd have the picture version that I would have through Instagram. Uh, and then as far as like interacting with a lot of times, I, honestly, they, they'll DM me on Instagram instead of just email me on the school's yeah, email. Yes. They know it's probably faster to get me that way. And um, it was just another, I think it was just provided me another opportunity to kind of like offer new, you know, ways of, I, and I shouldn't say new ways of learning, but just adding like additions um, to augment their learning and, and make sure that uh, I didn't treat them all as if like the cookie cutter mold that I feel like so many educators do. This is how we have to learn. This is what it is. Cause I never fit any of those molds. And so they thought, I, you know, professors in pharmacy school, some of them I'm sure thought I was destined for mediocrity. It's just, I, I just don't fit the same mold and learn the same way that some, maybe some other people do. So I just wanted to make sure that I never, fell into that type of teaching guys that so such a key point you guys hear me say this all the time regardless of what your content is you have to know who your audience is so that you can meet them where they are if you're putting out content and they're not in that social media platform or that's not the style of kind of content ingestion you could say uh, or consumption is probably a better word uh, that they like, it's not going to resonate. And if they're not understanding it or engaging with it, it's not going to do jack. It doesn't matter how many hours you put into it. So think of that. You're in pharmacy school either right now or think back to when you were. And you've got a teacher that is meeting you where you are, literally asking questions through Instagram, having you engaged. Would you prefer that or would you prefer the PowerPoint slides that have like 10,000 bullet points on one slide and you're, you're asleep before they start? 
You see what I'm saying? So you know the answer. You want to be in Mike's classroom. So think about that. When you're creating your content, are you meeting your audience where they are? That's such a key point. But guys, that's not the end of the story because Mike, all the work he's doing, so he's setting himself accountable with Core Console RX. Now he's teaching pharmacology in a PA school. Then it starts evolving even more. So tell us about this clinic thing, dude, because I, I think this is something I've never heard of with how you integrate technology with it. And, and I'll, I'll just let you share it because it's just fascinating. So as far as my current clinical pharmacy role, uh, it was one of those things that it was definitely some word of mouth and some people that had put in a good word for me as well as serendipity, I guess you could say. Uh, but I, basically, um, I had one of my uh, old professors that somebody, again, is a mentor. Um, his name is Dr. James Starrett. Uh, he was at the time had gotten a grant to do kind of like a research project where he went into this local um, federally qualified health center and basically was their only clinical pharmacist to help with diabetes education. And the grant paid some of his salary and then he would get patients referred to him by the primary care uh, physicians there. And he would go to the clinic and have appointments with the patients. And then that turned into him starting to have more collaborative practice um, uh, where that he could, you know, prescribe under them and things, but he, it was a limited, you know, amount of time spent doing that because he has to teach and all these other things. It was just supposed to be a grant that after that would run out. Um, and it worked well. And their chief quality officer at the clinic happens to be married to the director of the PA school. And, uh, <laughs> so, um, the, uh, the, my, the director that I report to the PA school, um, Gabby Poole, her husband, Anthony, uh, basically he, they were talking obviously at home saying that, you know, they wanted to continue this clinical pharmacist. They're both PAs, um, wanted to continue this clinical pharmacist, uh, role at, at the place I work now, federal healthcare network. And she's like, well, I have a pharmacology professor that I feel like, you know, is the nerd you're looking for kind of thing. And, uh, <laughs> So she, he, he reached out to me and, you know, him and I went kind of talked about it at first and went back and forth and then um, eventually kind of settled in and to where he off, made me an offer and I went over there and that's been there ever since. So um, I, I'm basically their clinical pharmacist and I do their diabetes education. Now we, I help with some of the psych stuff. I help with um, the, some of our dietary, we have a dietitian on staff, but I, also, I help in that role as well. Uh, I help with, you know, hypertension, asthma. Um, we've been curing people with hep C over the last couple of months. So that's been awesome. Uh, so we've basically a lot of different opportunities and those programs have been growing and things like that. So it's, that's opened up a whole new area that, you know, I'm not, do, I don't do any dispensing whatsoever anymore. So I'm strictly just doing, you know, Amcare type work. And one of the other things that was great about that was, all the MTM that I had done through Walgreens, because I had spent so much of my time doing that, uh, I accumulated the thousand hours that I needed to sit for my uh, diabetes educator um, board certification. So I had passed that kind of like the same time I got hired on at Fetter. And then I took the BCPS, the pharmacotherapy specialist, because I'm like, well, you know, I want to be a cool like those kids that did residency. So I want these, these letters. And um, and so I did that exam and uh, passed that one. And I didn't even, I mean, to be honest, and this is totally not tooting my own horn because I mean, I'll, I'll tune it for you, dude. Keep going. Well, I was, I was, because of the PA program and having in, in core console, I would, I've been forced to keep up with stuff so much that I really didn't even study. I just kind of like went and took the BCPS and passed it. 
And then somebody, and then I was at a thing at MUSC where I, you know, preset for and everything. And I heard somebody mention that, yeah, people get their BCP. Yeah. And it wasn't even directed towards me. Cause I don't think the person that said it knew anything about me, but I just heard it. You know, I wasn't part of the conversation. I just heard it from the inside the room. And they said, uh, you know, but if you really want to specialize, you want to be an ambulatory care pharmacist, something like that, there's no chance you have to do residency because you couldn't pass that exam even without doing residency. So then I signed up for the ambulatory care exam, the BCACP, because I'm like, I got to prove a point now because that's ridiculous. (laughs) And so I passed that one. And then, um, so now I'm I'm actually in the role that I'm technically board certified to be in. So now on paper, at least I look more appropriate. Um, So, because there's a lot of people that put a lot of emphasis in those things. I, I, you know, I could do my job without them, but I figured, hey, I've been fighting the system for so long. Might as well play the game and, participate in those board, board certifications and all that. And so, yeah, now I feel like I'm actually like legit now because on paper I look better. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the first person I've met that has more letters after their name than their actual name. Like seriously, dude. So guys think about this Walgreens pharmacist, no residency. Now he's teaching pharmacology. He's managing several clinic locations as a clinical pharmacist and don't you also do continuing education for physicians, CRNPs, PAs, like all that as well? So, yeah, I, um, I actually like just spoke at a conference uh, this uh, past, like the end of last month um, that was designed for uh, physicians, nurse practitioners, and PAs to get their um, CMEs. And I got to speak on dyslipidemia. Um, I've gotten to talk of, you know, diabetes, obviously, um, and a couple other things at some random conferences and whatnot. So yeah, I've, I've definitely had the opportunity. I did one on immunizations and it was kind of funny because some of the people at MUSC who, you know, I think were not the biggest fans of mine just cause I wasn't the stereotypical mm-hmm. um, student. And, and again, I, I completely understand where they were coming from because I did not to their eyes, I did not look like I was going anywhere, but, but nowhere. Um, and uh, I was cool because I looked in the audience when I was talking um, at one of those conferences and several of them were in the audience. And I was like, ah, I, got, <laughs> I was like, I got a lot of stuff to say. So listen up. And realistically, they're all way smarter than I am anyway. But I just thought that was kind of funny that I was up there. They were probably like, who, okay, who did he have to pay to let him on stage? <laughs> <laughs> Freaking hilarious guys. If you're not inspired and just like, holy crap what did i just hear like i don't you all i don't know what else y'all want to listen to i don't seriously like this is absolutely incredible so many points here you hear me say all the time and, and this is straight from amazon straight from jeff bezos your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room that doesn't just happen like you can't buy that that's from the consistent hard work that you put in when people aren't watching behind the scenes when no one would blame you for taking a nap when no one would blame you for going to the movies, but you're committed to the standard you've set for yourself. So what happened? Mike put in the work. He had an opportunity. He shared his ideas because he's been putting in the work. They gave him an opportunity to teach. He went for it. He's like, this is an opportunity to raise my standard, give back and hone my skills and serve people at the same time. From that opportunity, by happenstance, <coughs> what'd you say the, uh, the, 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 director, the director is looking for the program your name came up because personal brands, what people say when you're not in the room, they're talking about the work that you're consistently putting in. And they say, this is an opportunity. You come in, there's that opportunity. They were so impressed with your innovation, with technology as well, which is another avenue we didn't even touch on. 
but you are evolving at such an incredible rate with no residency. Like y'all need to hear this. There is not one lane. There's not one way only to get what you want. It's going to require a lot of hard work and innovation and doing things most people would think you're crazy for. Most pharmacy students and pharmacists struggle with standing out among the competition. So at scriptyourbrand.com, we help you create your ultimate competitive edge, your personal brand. Once you have that, you'll also have the freedom to do what you love instead of having to settle being trapped working a dead-end job www.scriptyourbrand.com. Enroll today so that we can help you create your tomorrow. But just, just listen to this. We, we started with, I'm going to go to Walgreens, okay? And he's continually developing and growing. Years later, what degrees do you have now, dude? Like you're, you're PharmD, but then what other certifications you have? So uh, the diabetes care and education specialist, um, pharmacotherapy specialist and ambulatory care specialist. And you're speaking at conferences across the country, paid, by the way, as an expert on these topics. We'll call, not, it, South, we'll call it Southeast. Let's not, I don't want to act like I'm some national speaker. That's not even close. Right, a couple conferences here and there in the Southeast. Let's call it that. Well, it, I, it's going to get there, dude. Like, just, <laughs> we'll I'm, say. I'm so incredibly like, inspired and, and honestly honored because I, I had the privilege to see this process. Like, I haven't known you for as long as I'd like to, but dude, it's just so freaking inspiring to see all the things that people say, but very few people do because of the work and sacrifice required. But dude, it's freaking paying off. Like, I'm so proud of you, man. Like, you're, <laughs> Thanks, man. I I'm one of the biggest fans, seriously, guys, just because the, the, there's so much unsaid on this. Like, we, this podcast could easily be like 10 hours. We can go Joe Rogan style, serious. But um, yeah, man, the, 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 the amount of work that you do for others, I mean, there, there's, no, there's no random thing where you get preceptor of the year for a state because all the stuff that you guys hear him doing, it's not for him. He constantly pours back in the students. And again, please listen to that podcast episode we did. I think it was a year or two ago about how to become an awesome preceptor. He pours into his students like his own kids. He helps them with not just pharmacy school, with career development, with their personal brand. Like, dude, the amount of influence you're having on what people believe that they can accomplish as a pharmacist, as a person, is absolutely incredible. And you are, without a doubt, one of the biggest influencers in the profession. So, dude, seriously, thank you for everything that you do. Holy crap. Like, I mean, I, I, you're, you're definitely too kind because that's I, I would definitely not see myself it, – it, quite to that extent but i greatly appreciate the compliment and i'm definitely that's one of my main focuses is like i do want to you know do right by the profession and kind of give back to because it's something that i do i love medicine and, and that's something that i want to be able to you know give back to you know that community and bring in the next generation and all that yeah man but so i, I just want people to the reason i wanted people to hear this story is i meet so many pharmacists and students really who are way smarter than me like like you say all the time and it's true like i didn't get into the pharmacy school the first time i tried but i put in the work and i stayed consistent with it but i meet so many people that have this talent that i can see but they don't believe it because like you said like oh this is the smartest you'll ever be it's all downhill from here or you won't ever go there without a residency 
or, oh, no one can do that without a residency. There's so many limiting beliefs in thwarting people's potential in pharmacy. And that's one reason why I wanted you to tell your story. So, to crush the norm, to not, so realize that like, if you have a different path than the status quo, go that way. And if there's not a path, get out your freaking shovel and make it yourself so you can help other people and be on a podcast just like this that you are to tell people that you can create your own path. It's not a one route way. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing there too, is I, I always hesitate sometimes when we start talking about the, the fact that I didn't do residency and that, cause I don't, I don't ever want it to seem like I'm encouraging people not to do one. Correct. You know, I, I actually think it probably would have been a lot easier on me to just do it the right way. <laughs> like quote unquote right way. I probably, could add, <laughs> I probably could add some PTO, but um, it was one of those things that, I, I'm a big believer in like self-awareness kind of thing. And yeah. if, if in my case where I hadn't set myself up to be like a solid residency applicant, you know, a residency candidate that, okay, as I go, this is my reality. So now what? And I think that's where I, there's several people who they need to be real with themselves. I hear, I hear some students that are saying, I want to do what you do. And, you know, I'm not going to do residency either. And then their first month out of school, all I do see them on, on social media. They're at the beach every day. They're doing this yeah. and doing it. And I'm like, that's not, first of all, that's not what I did. Second of all, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that if you have to have an honest conversation with yourself too. If, if you're, if you know that I'm not going to freaking spend 10 PM to 2 AM every single night of my life learning pharmacotherapy that doesn't apply to anything that I'm doing for my career in the hopes that one day it manifests into some new career that I don't even know about yet. Um, I'm not going to do that. Then do residency. Like, like do, you have that, have that accountability. You know, you and I are both doing our own thing. And, and I know you're very like goal oriented and you'll, I mean, you're so like planned out. I mean, I, I wish I was like that. Like your, your, your whole year is like, Matt, you're going to accomplish this, 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 and this. And that works super well for you. And then whereas I know, I know myself and I know how not like that I am. And I almost get like closed minded if I have a goal. So people are like, what do you want? What's your goal? I'm like, dude, I have no clue. I'm just riding this thing and we'll see what happens. I have zero goals. I don't know where I'm going to be. In two years. I have, all, my goal is to open up every single door I can possibly get my hands on the handle. And then just, I'm going to run through whatever I feel like doing that day. So, yeah. but, but that's because that's my personality that works for me. And I think that that whole, like, don't emulate what you think you want to be like, know yes. what you're good at, know what your personality is. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I had a student one time, who is, I mean, extremely organized. I mean, the most A-type person also and, and love her to death. And uh, she's a practicing pharmacist now. And I remember her being brutally honest with me. She goes, I'm not going to lie. She was my first day with you on rotation. She said it was like a, I thought it was a train wreck. She was, I was watching you like do the way you were doing things. And she thought, she thought it was like super reckless, like with how I was like handling prescriptions and, and things. And then she goes, when, and then at the end of the day, somehow it all just like fit back together. And I was like, yeah, that's just how, I don't know. It's just how, I, I mean, it all makes sense to me. Yes. And, then, and then I saw her starting to kind of emulate that a little bit. And it was like, it wasn't, she wasn't getting the stuff done like she wanted to. And I was like, why don't, I'm like, no, I wish I was more like organized and things like that. Cause then people would think I know what I'm doing along the way instead of waiting till the end. But, um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, why do you change just because, you know, you and I like get along and like, you, you know, you want to do some of the same paths that I'm doing. doesn't mean you have to do it the exact same way as me. Yes. You need to find what works for you. That's the big thing that I push for with students. Exactly. Find your way of doing it. 
Don't give a crap what anybody says. Don't care what I say. Don't care what you say. You know, you need to find what works for you. And just like you said, if there isn't a path there, well, there wasn't a lot of paths, a lot of where, you know, a lot of places at one point. So, you know, make it like, figure it out. Like it'll, it'll, if you want it bad enough, it'll work and, or in adapt and shift and whatever you need to do. But it's definitely, I think that there, like you said, there's no one path to do things. The, but, but the one common denominator is that hard work part because none of this stuff is easy. None of it ever just happens. Anybody who's successful, 99.9% of them actually worked their faces off. They didn't, you know, just get, you know, unless they came from a trust fund or something like that, which is very few people um, who are successful. And it's just one of those things you have to work really hard and make sacrifice. And the other part of that, and I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but the other part that I'm really big believer on is if that's not you, like, there's nothing wrong with that either. I don't yeah. think, I tell every single student that's on my rotation, I have zero interest in making little clones of myself. I have the worst work-life balance you've ever seen in your entire life. There is it's no balance, terrible. dude. No balance. It whatsoever. doesn't exist. Zero. It's <laughs> terrible. So I'm like, like, don't, you, the only way I would ever say, do like, yo, do, the, do it like this, is if you know for 100% fact, this is what you want and you want to do it like that. One of the greatest things a student ever told me, I was giving him my, one of my spiels about, you know, building his brand and things like that. And, you know, however you want to put it. And he said, he's like, man, I'm going to be totally honest with you. He goes, I, I want to get through pharmacy school, do well my job so I can keep my job because I just want to make enough money so I can surf anytime I want. Yeah. I, was like, I, I was like, I love you for that. Cause that's so like aware mm-hmm. of what you want. Yeah. I'm like, he, I, I was like, that's it. I'm shutting down my whole like raw, raw stuff because you, that's not for you. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that either. So like, that's the thing. I mean, he it probably, it sounds awesome. You could go to the beach where you are. <laughs> like it's, you know, it sounds pretty cool, but like, it's just one of those things that being that self-aware of really what you want. And then if you do want to have more opportunities, you know, you don't want to have yourself kind of stuck, so to speak then it's time to figure out how you're going to get there and then work your face off. 100% man. And so many, so many good points with that, but yeah, that's why you guys hear me talk about all the time. What's the foundation of your personal brand? It's you. You have to have that self-awareness. You have to be practicing what works for you. And I was going to say self-care, but Mike's like, what's that? (laughs) No, but real talk, it works for him. That's his balance. If you want to put that in quotation marks, but seriously, that, that's what works, man. And that's the thing. Like, that's the part that it's been hard to kind of tell people. And now it's easier because now they're kind of seeing it. I, the amount of people, including people in my family, who told me that you've got to stop this because you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to end up hating your job, blah, 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 blah. And I kept telling them, like, no, you get burned out. I don't get burned out. This is, <laughs> they, take, that, take, they take that as me being cocky or whatever. And it's not, that's, but that's literally, I'm doing my, what I love to the point where, no, this doesn't, if I work 18 hours on podcast material, that's fun for me. Like, that's not like, for me, it's not a matter of like my, I literally, it's taking me practice to actually go on vacation, which I just got back from Grenada with my wife. It was great. I had a yeah. great time, but it was a product. The first vacation we took, um, and again, you know, love her to death for being so supportable on this time. Cause I think like most, uh, most people out there would have left my butt and uh, found somebody who likes to do fun things, but um, <laughs> she was always like super supportive of me and, and, you know, encouraging and whatnot. And I think that like it, when I flew, we had our first vacation, it literally gave me anxiety 
Yep. Like to the point where I was like, I, I, I need to be doing, this is a real story. I'm going to finish up with this. So I don't, I don't know I'm taking up too much of your time. So it, um, this year actually, so I haven't learned that much. This year I was going for two days, uh, two days with um, some friends of mine to go snowboarding. That's it, two days. And like I woke up, I hadn't had a vacation since the previous April because I had been with Federer and got excited doing all these new things. So I kind of went back into my old ways. So 2018, vacation, 2019, a little bit, and then I took a big gap again. So February this year, I'm sitting there and uh, I woke, like I was in bed, like still sleeping from the night before. I was off that day. I wasn't leaving to go um, to the, uh, to, to leave for the trip until probably 10 or 11 in the morning. And I literally, like it woke me up out of a sound sleep. It was 4.30 in the morning, five in the morning. And I had this like ridiculous, and this is going to sound like a crazy person. I promise. I, uh, it, it's not really as bad as it sounds. I literally had this feeling of like, there's someone right now who's a younger version of me who's working right now while I'm sitting here on a freaking break in bed. And I jumped up. Like it was like, my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, I, not today. Not, you're not taking me. <laughs> <laughs> and I like went into the living room and I worked on my podcast stuff until it was time to go. Cause I'm like, no, like that's what brings me happiness though. Like yeah. it, it almost makes me less happy when I'm, you know, it, it's like that movie, uh, the big short where he goes, um, he says, my wife says I'm unhappy. He goes, but you're happy when you're unhappy. And he goes, I am happy or I'm unhappy. It's like, that's how it feels. Like, I feel like I'm, when I'm under a lot of pressure, I got a ton of things. It almost is like my happy zone because it feels like, okay, the fight's on. Let's do this. Yeah. And, yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I hear that 100%. And a couple of people that I work with on their brand, I mean, the one, just like if you heard just an hour for life, first off, you'd be like, oh, that sounds like me. But most people, <laughs> most people, they'd be like, holy crap, like, how do you, how are you married? How do you have a kid? Like, how? Like, how? But it works for her because that's what brings her happiness. Other people, they like reading a book a year is a huge accomplishment. But if that's what they're about, that's all good. It, you're not comparing yourself to what, you know, other people do or to how many books a month or whatever the heck. But you've got to find what makes you happy. Like that self-awareness piece is so important because if you don't have that, your personal brand is going to drive you nuts because you're not going to be doing what you like. You're going to be comparing yourself to what other people like. And that's not going to help anybody, let alone yourself. And when people see that content, when they see it's not genuine, they're not going to be inspired. They're going to be like, this is boring or this sucks. And they're not going to stick around. It's going to be wasting your time when you could be surfing or going to the beach or freaking out about snowboarding, whatever you want right. to do. So yeah, no. I think that's such a key point, man. I think that's really, really important for people to realize and understand. And a lot of times people say like, oh, fake it, you'll make it. I'll learn to like it. Well, I, mm, yeah. yeah, I'm not a big fan of fake it till you make it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a part of that when it comes to like confidence and things like that, where you kind of like fake it till you become it sort of thing. I heard a TED talk on that one time. I yes. think that's a better way of putting it. Yes. But as far as like trying to start like something, if you don't like it right away, you're done for. Cause I'll tell you yeah. like my first Instagram post that I ever made, it got one, like, I don't know if it still has one, like on it, but one, like, and it was my wife. It was a, it was a straight pity, like, and I'm like, it was, she was like, Oh geez, this poor guy. Like, I just have to, <laughs> and I was like, what? And, and like, literally like, but I never even gave two craps about that. Like to yep. me, like if you put 30 people in a room, that's a lot of freaking people. And you know, like if I had 30 people in here, we'd be all crammed in this room. So to me, if I had 30 followers, I'm like, that's 30 people that give two craps about what I have to say. That's kind of ridiculous. 
So we start talking about thousands. That's insanity. Like, why in the world are you listening to what I have to say? Yeah. Like, and I think that like enjoying that process along the way um, and keeping things in perspective is what keeps it fresh. And you have to do something that you like, even if it's not pharmacy related, what it is can be applied to Ninja Turtles or whatever, you know, yeah. you can do whatever it is that you're passionate about. But yeah, if you don't have that, man, you're done for because there's no 2am sucks if you're doing something you don't like. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen this, we're on a podcast. So I'll just use this as an example. I've seen some people get into podcasting because they're like, Oh, podcasting's hot. I want to be famous or you know, build my brand. So they do it and the content is terrible. Like it's not inspiring or anything, but like for you, for example, you genuinely like it. You're constantly innovating. This dude has a freaking virtual reality podcast. Seriously. It's ridiculous. Uh, you could be standing in your living room. Like this guy's insane because he genuinely likes it. He likes spending a whole day, like not, not exaggerating 24 hours on one episode to innovate. And how can I make it better? And how can I make it so good that I'm embarrassed from the last episode that I did? That's what his mindset is because that's what makes him happy. Shameless plug and promo for you, bro. Where's your podcast at? Where do they listen to it? Um, so it's on all like kind of social media, anything that has a podcast, any platform that has podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any of those things, iTunes, um, and so you can, it's just core consult RX and it's spelled C O R consult one word. So it's written as far as the ho horrible branding. There you go. It's a good example. Let's use a word. that's not in English, in the <laughs> English language. Um, and so it's like my last name Corvino and core consult, man, real fancy. Um, and, uh, in RX. So if you put in that, um, you can type in like pharmacy in the iTunes and I'll, it'll come up that way. So it's any, anywhere you get your podcasts from um, uh, should be on there. If I'm not, please let me know because then I got to check my hosting. <laughs> Just like if you're in pharmacy, like in any capacity, you need to be listening to this guy because the content is freaking incredible. The guests he bring on are just invaluable. And uh, it's like going to pharmacy school in a fun way all over again without having to sleep through class. I mean, sit through class. So yeah. it's, it's, it's an awesome asset and just incredible what you're doing, man. Just like, holy crap. Thank you, Thank man. you for sharing. That. It's just absolutely incredible. And, and I think another point that I really want to drive people home with that you just embody is if you have these passions that are genuine and you have these ideas, don't be scared to go after them. Don't be scared to declare them if they're really what you want, because things will manifest when you put the work and stay focused on that vision. And again, there's a little difference. So you just kind of open all the doors and see what happens. I'm a little bit different and I have that goal. And you just said, before we started the podcast, you just brought up an example that I totally forgot about because yeah. I mean, Mike invite, Mike was kind enough. He invited me to fly down to his house a few years back down in Charleston. And then, as I said, on the interview with uh, rich of RX radio, uh, he lives down in Miami. All three of us went down and we just, you know, talked pharmacy stuff so that you guys are probably like, why are you working on vacation? Cause that was vacation. Yeah. <laughs> We podcast um, until four in the morning. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to lie. I dipped out. I, I had to have my sleep. So I think I dipped out <laughs> at two, but I, I, I might've been dreaming with you. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, you mentioned about, uh, we were having a conversation in the kitchen. This was what, like three, two, three years ago. Yeah. I think it was, it was early 2018 and I found that I kind of forgotten about these clips, but then something reminded me of it. So I went back and was like looking through some of the material. Cause I had filmed a couple, uh, like, you know, video blogs or vlogs, if you want to be cool. Um, and uh, <laughs> when I was first doing it, I think it was kind of like, what are you doing, dude? Why are you filming this stuff? This is kind of stupid. 
I'm like, I don't know. I'm just trying something. Let's just see what it is. And I put them on YouTube and, you know, kind of forgot about it. I think there's like seven or eight of them on there. But the episode that has all of us on there, we're sitting in Rich's kitchen and you're telling us about this idea that you had, you were super excited about so much. I don't even know if you remember this, but so much so that you had a wireless mic on because like I'm sitting there trying to be fancy and you were like so excited and you like ripped the mic out and it smashed on the floor and you were like, <laughs> whatever. And then you just like went off to go get the thing you were trying to show us. And Rich goes, he, he's not even mic'd anymore. And he, <laughs> and, he said, and he were just out of frame in the video. But you were telling us about the Gen Z pharmacist book, the, uh, the idea that you had, and you hadn't started on it. You just like it was just completely an idea at that point. And you were like, I'm telling you, this is going to be cool. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. You know, which I, I wasn't like, I doubted you. I'm like, yeah, of course, that would be awesome. But over, you know, time, we get going with things, you kind of forget that. Well, fast forward to almost 2021, Gen Z pharmacist is alive and well and published. And I'm like, we have video footage of, the moment you like released it to like the idea to us all the way to like, here it is, you know, in actual real life is a hard copy it's sitting on my shelf right now. And uh, I'm like that. I just thought that was awesome. Cause I'm like, that's, that was kind of my idea originally for why I was filming some of the stuff because yeah. I do talk a little bit of trash and I don't do it to be arrogant, but I mostly <laughs> just, I'm, you know, whatever I'm competitive. That's the MMA side of me coming out, but I like seeing like, I'm going to do this. Watch, watch me. Yep. But it's it, sometimes you gotta watch me for like three years before it happens. Same, you know, same <laughs> with all of us. So you yeah. got you were saying like I'm gonna do this. Here we go, and then like we get to see it manifest like a couple of years, three years later. I thought that was awesome because like Thanks, we got you know video footage of it. Yeah, and right now we're gonna actually cut to that. So if you're on the YouTube version, we're gonna insert that clip right now. Uh, credit to Mike Corvino, Core Consult RX. Here's the clip of me hyping up in the kitchen down in Miami with uh, Rich Waith and uh, Mike Corvino. So guys, that, that was it. I mean, what can I say? I'm super, I'm a super hype guy. <laughs> um, but no, the, the point of that book, Gen Z Pharmacist, was to really be a resource for pharmacy students who are looking to create that competitive advantage and pharmacists that have that burning passion and they want to really do something with it that's of value to their niche. So I started to realize, in speaking all over the world to pharmacy schools and associations, uh, as a professional speaker, that there's so many people students and pharmacists that are so much like more intelligent than me and they've got all this knowledge but they have these limiting beliefs because most people in pharmacy are introverted so mike you and i were it's easy for us to go and or at least through time going up to people and you know getting a mentor shadowing you saying like hey i'm going to take a paid time off from walgreens and go shadow you for 14 hours for fun is that cool and they look yeah. at you weird but yeah that's just how we're wired like we're naturally reach out but I started to realize that people didn't do that. They were very intimidated. So I thought, what if I could take all these lessons I've learned as a pharmacy student, as a pharmacist, and make a book for what they don't teach you in pharmacy school, but what you need to have to have a competitive edge in the profession. That's the first part of the book, the skills that you need. And then the end of each chapter is literally workbook style of taking those concepts and putting them into practice. Again, we talked earlier, meeting people where they are. We're all in different places and we grow at different paces. So taking those and implementing them to create an action plan specific for you. Then the second half of the book is I, I started to see all these amazing people actually through this podcast who are just crushing their career. They've been like the go-to person for 10, 20 years, just dominating, you know, best oncology pharmacist, best uh, diabetes educator, where to the point where the one guy in my book, he's on the package insert for metformin, 
Like he's that freaking influential. Uh, one of my dear mentors, and he actually uh, passed away recently, as you guys know. Um, so rest his soul, but his, his legacy lives on. But guys, these, these are the kind of people, and I thought, you know, what one thing I realized is almost every single one of these people who are dominating their niche did not know they were going to end there. It was a process. They went through trial and error. But right now, they are the best at what they want to do. If I asked them, if you knew you were going to end here on your first day of pharmacy school, what would you have done differently to get to where you are now faster? What organizations would you have joined? What sort of clubs would you have been involved with? What mentorship opportunities, career paths, residencies, fellowships, all that kind of stuff. What would you have done as a student, as a new pharmacist, to expedite your career progress? And I did 22 interviews, and that's the second half of the book. And one of those people is this bro right here. Because as, you, as you've heard, he's freaking crushing what he's doing. So he gives insight into that process. Like, if I was me 10 years ago, here's what I would have done. So I thought it was a really cool idea, some real invaluable experience. And uh, it's really helped a lot of students uh, all across the world. Like I have, I have people in Ireland, England, it's freaking crazy. Like it's, it's awesome, man. Just to see that the, the stupid stuff that I did and the, uh, the gambles, I guess you could call it, of shadowing, of working for free, all that stuff that have made an impact and paid off, just packaging that and giving it back to, to share it. And I know that that's something that you're all about too. Uh, so that's why it was an honor to, I guess, have that brainstorm in the kitchen and, and have you yeah. hear that, but then literally hold that in your hand. So you, you yeah. hear me talking about it and then years later it's in your hand. Like I think it's on your shelf right now, you said. Yeah. So. Yeah. so you can't see it's behind this, but yeah, it, it sits in the background of my, when my podcast is being filmed, it sits in the background so you can see it. Some, uh, some, some product placement, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he gets his monthly check. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. The bro check. Um, yeah. it, and one thing too, just because it's popped into my head, I think this kind of goes with it because you mentioned people being introverted and things like that. I think one thing that's important because I, I don't think that being, um, you know, someone who is very comfortable just, you know, going up to random people and talking to them and shadowing and blah, blah, blah is the only way of doing it. Correct. But like find what, you know, if you are, if you feel like you're introverted to the point where, you, you know, the idea of just volunteering somewhere is extremely intimidating, then find what the way that you like look back if you're still in school how how is it that you learn currently yeah. uh so for instance i had a student who was made the most insane like diagram she's an art like an artist by hobby and was making these crazy like elaborate diagrams of like how these drugs were working because that's she was very visual so she would write it all out and draw it all out because that would help her kind of figure out mechanisms of action and things like that and i'm looking at this stuff and i can't even draw a stick figure so I'm sitting there like, what do you, what do you do with this when it's done? And she's like, oh, I mean, I don't know, I'll throw it away. I was like, throw it away. <laughs> I was like, throw it away. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, this needs to be digitalized and put out in the world. You don't have to be somebody that's on video or audio or whatever. If you're a good writer, write. Like if you are good at drawing, draw. Like find what you are good at and again, what you like and then use that to kind of get your name out there. Cause it doesn't have, you don't have to have a podcast to yes. be out there. If you're very introvert, your podcast is probably not going to be that good. It is what it is. Um, I just like my drawing would not be very good. No one's going to download that off LinkedIn. If I put up a drawing, they're going to be like, this guy is an idiot. Um, but so find out what your talents are and then what you do feel comfortable with and use that to kind of jumpstart your, because there's so many different ways of like presenting your quote unquote yes. brand that represents you. 
And I think that's an easy way of getting past the intimidation of starting. Um, I mean, use a freaking, you use your Mark Twain pseudonym. I don't care. Like <laughs> you, you, whatever you want to do, like, like, however, if you feel comfortable getting, but get started somehow. And especially if you're still in school, do it now because it is not going to get easier when you graduate contrary to every student's popular belief. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many students have told me I'm going to start doing the whole learn every day thing, but I'm going to wait till after I graduate. Cause I got so much on my plate right now. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I am, <laughs> I am exponentially more busy now than I am when I was in pharmacy school. It's not even in the same galaxy. Yeah. I, I played so Call of Duty way more when I was in pharmacy school than I could even imagine playing now. So it's like, you think it's going to get easier. It's not especially if you have big, you know, you know, dreams of doing big things in, in your career. So getting to have it now. And then that way, when you do transition over, you're good to go and it's easy. And then however that looks, whether it's, like I said, drawing pictures, writing blogs, study guides, whatever, put that out there for everybody. It's 2020. It's time to get, you know, meet the people where they're all at, which is on the internet. Exactly. And that's guys, when people ask me like, how do I start my brand? Well, First thing you got to understand why, like, what, what's this for? Is this, you got to be real about it. Like you got to be real about it. Is this for a career? Is this for ego? Are you trying to explore? Like, what's it about? Then when you figure out like, what do I do with this? you got to look at what you genuinely like doing because you're going to have days that suck and you want to, mm. if you don't like it, it's not going to work long-term. You need to look at what you're good at. Okay. What you like. So I like talking, of course. Um, some people don't like that. They like behind the scenes, infographics, stuff like that. Then you have to look at who cares about your content? Who is your audience? Who would find value in that? And then in that audience, where do they spend time? So for example, if you're trying to help out pharmacists or pharmacy students looking at social media platforms, most of the time that's Instagram, LinkedIn. There's other things, but those are the two main ones. So the content you make, does it fit any of those realms? And if you, it's kind of like a Venn diagram type deal. When you find that intersection, that's where you go to maximize your time. And then from there, it's a trial error of evolutionary process. But spot on, like you gotta, you gotta find what you enjoy, not, not everything for all people, what you're good at, what you like, and what will be of service to others and where they're spending time to ingest that content. Yep. So guys, as you probably can tell, uh, this guy puts out some good freaking content himself. So highly endorse his podcast. It's absolutely incredible. I think it's the highest rated pharmacy podcast on iTunes, I believe, as far as ratings go. Like, it, it's freaking good, dude. Like, that, you I think, can't fake I think, that. Uh, I think Helix and a couple others probably have more ratings than I do. I think we're all listed in, as 5.0, but... Independent, yeah. Okay, yeah, there you go. Independent sure. podcaster in pharmacy. Yeah, it's freaking incredible. Like, yeah. I, I get, so You know the internet will call me on a Reddit post, like, this guy thinks he's awesome, so you got to be real cautious about how you... <laughs> how I'm you hyping him up. up. I'm hyping him yeah. up. But it's like, real dude, talk. Yeah, take, you have your take, humble take, pie. Take, <laughs> yeah, Adam's sometimes a little too nice about how, how uh, things, things are, so I appreciate the compliment, man. That means a lot. No, real talk, though. I just, I just say what I see. It's the facts. Numbers don't lie, man. But seriously, it's been an honor to see your evolution and journey and I'm just freaking so inspired and can't wait to see what else comes from this. But I want to make sure that people can see the amazing content you're creating. So Core Consult RX podcast, you guys need to get that on all platforms, subscribe. Where else are you most active, dude, so that people can follow you and engage with what you're doing? 
So um, besides the podcast, any social media platform, um, even TikTok, which I know I need to spend a lot more time on there, but I'm just still trying to figure out how to make that and uh, incorporate nerd stuff into a bunch of people dancing because that's not going to be me, unfortunately. Um, but uh, any of the social media platforms, um, Instagram is my, probably my biggest that I use. Uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, um, Medium for like, so I've written a few articles on there. Uh, if you you know, you can email me at mcorvino at coreconsultrx.com. Uh, you can even, uh, if you want to text me directly, I have a texting app um, or a texting platform. So the number just to send a text to 415-943-6116. Um, I'll reach out, you know, there. Um, but yeah, so regardless, again, regardless of where you, you know, want to meet me at, I'm do my best to be there as well so that you don't have to come on my terms. So I, I try to be as accessible as possible. Yeah. And he really, he really does pour into like just seeing the students that he's worked with whenever I was down uh, visiting you down in Charleston, like you, you, the students you had, they're just like, they, I think they were getting off of like, they went to pharmacy school and then they worked their uh, shift as an intern. And then they came to your house. I was like, okay, this guy is qualified to live on Mike's terms of work. So yeah, but yeah, guys, just uh, all those links and the, the numbers and the email will be in the show notes so you can connect with him. But just, just such an honor, dude. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, for your story, because uh, it, it inspired me. And without a doubt, it'll inspire others who are on the path, but feeling kind of like they're, they're st stumbling or people that thought about starting but haven't done it yet the time is now. So guys, this has been an absolute pleasure. Mike, thank you for all that you do for the profession and beyond. It's just absolutely incredible, dude. So yeah, I, I'm just yeah. so freaking proud of you, man. Like it's- Thank you, man. I appreciate incredible. that. No, I really appreciate the opportunity to come back on and uh, chat some and I'm saying right back at you, man. You're, you've been doing some awesome stuff and I'm proud to have uh, gotten to see some of the journey along the way. Awesome, bro. Well, hey guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin of the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast signing off with the Mike Corvino of Core Consult RX. Go forth, be great, dispense your full potential, and script your brand. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day. We break